With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we have more news to talk about today. Um, we're going to start off with uh, CU's president, Mark Kennedy, saying that he is going to be stepping down at some point in the next couple of months. Um, honestly, don't have too much to say about that, but it is really important, so we're going to start there. Then, after that, the Buffs landed another whatever you want to call it. transfer another transfer there's the word there's a transfer from uh the transfer portal ohio state's max ray the big brother of jake ray who was on the buffs roster last year as a freshman didn't get onto the field and then medically retired after the season he's a he's an offensive lineman he's a right tackle probably and i think that he's going to show up and compete for the starting job. Uh, so those are those are the topics we're going to be covering today. Um, first, though, the Colorado XOs. So uh, the Colorado XOs are a rugby team, a five and two rugby team based in Glendale, Colorado. They share a training facility with the uh, U.S. national teams, and the idea is to get athletes who've never played rugby before into the sport and see if it clicks for them. And if it does, then maybe they can get them onto the U.S. national team. So it's a cool project they've got going. This is their first season. And like I said, they're 5-2, and two, off to a pretty hot start. Uh, if you want to follow along, you can do that with the DNVR Buffs, or sorry, DNVR Rugby Podcast, DNVR Rugby Twitter account, um, or with the written content at thednvr.com. All right. So, um, jumping in with the whole president thing, um, we're going to run through kind of like the, the things that you guys should know. Again, like I said, I don't really have much of a take here. Um, you know, I've, I've actually never met Mark Kennedy before. Like I've seen him around a couple times and he has always, he has that same smile. He always has, um, you know, the one 
Like, the, his mouth is always just a tiny bit open. Uh, but, yeah, like, you see him around. Seems like shaking hands, nice guy, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, really, I hadn't even, like, looked that deeply into his background until right now. So, we're going to run through who he is, uh, why he's headed out, and why I don't think that it's that big of a deal for CU Sports, which is what we cover on this podcast. But who they hire to be the next president, that will be a very big deal for CU Sports. Um, so we're going to kind of set the table just a little bit today as the Buffs start to find a new president. Not the Buffs. I feel like the Buffs is the sports. The University of Colorado system, or whatever they call it, looks for a new president. Um, Mark Kennedy, though. Uh, he's a politician. He's a Republican. He uh, was in Congress out of uh, Minnesota for... I think it was from like 2001 to 2006. In 2006, he decided instead of being in the House of Representatives, he wanted to be in the Senate. He lost to Amy Klobuchar, who has turned into like, you know, a name that people know at this point. Um, and that was kind of the end of him running for elected office. He did serve on, I think it was uh, maybe like a budget committee, something like that, um, in George W. Bush's final um year in office after he lost that election after not george w bush he didn't lose that election um kennedy did um so from there he was involved with some of those sorts of things involved with some charity stuff um became the president at the university of north dakota was there for a few years and then became the president at cu so there you're all caught up um Looking back, just through the coverage of, of all those things happening, um, it does look like, I mean, and you guys probably remember because you were actually here for it, it was kind of a, a divisive decision. Um, Linda Shoemaker, I, I think that's how you pronounce the last name. Um, I, you guys know who she is. Uh, she uh, was against him becoming the next president but also was like yeah he's he's the one unanimous candidate that we have chosen um but i'm not going to vote for him just just you know the the typical cu board of regents weird type of stuff that happens um again in terms of what he's done for athletics you know you can look back at the things he said stuff like um it's good to have strong athletics programs especially a football program because it, it gets people on campus it gets kids on campus and they start to identify with the university and that's beneficial down the road when it comes time for them to figure out where they're going to school um and so there, there were some things like that that he has said um you know i've, I've never heard anybody complain about anything like that. I feel like it's at various points, Rick George has, has said uh, that the, uh, I guess the administration has been helpful with the things that they want to accomplish, um, but, but never really getting into more details than that. Um, for that reason, like I, I, I couldn't find any reason to think that he was, you know, a good president for athletics or a bad president for athletics. Um, just, I mean, he was only here for two years, I guess. And, you know, he, he didn't, that, that wasn't like the indoor practice facility that was built under him. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't have too many personal feelings. What happened though, is that, uh, CU student government, uh, censured him. I think that was a few weeks ago. 
Um, and then the, the, the faculty did as well. Basically, what that means is like they, they all voted and said, we want to reprimand you for not doing enough for diversity and inclusion and, and those sorts of things. Um, you know, I said like that is not a key piece of what you've done here, which is something that we wanted. And stuff like that doesn't happen very often. Um, I think they pointed back to some comments that he'd made. Um, some of it may maybe like slip of the tongue type of stuff. It was actually really hard to find the actual comments. It was just people referring to those comments and saying, well, he did apologize, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, again, that sort of thing is not what this podcast is about, but this is, this is big news for CU's athletics department and everybody else who is, is, you know, impacted by the CU administration. Um, and for that reason, we'll be following along and, uh, yeah, um, maybe I'm sure more details will, will come out soon, but as of now, that's basically what happened. Um, got those censures in the last few weeks and said, yeah, he'll step away. Um, it is kind of interesting though, just how all of that stuff works, you know, cause, cause he is a Republican. This is the first time there's a democratic majority on the board of regents in a, a long time, I think. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, things are things are kind of toxic uh yeah so so that's that's what's going on up there we'll follow along because again this is a it's a very big story i just don't have all that much to say um and as we start to learn who potential candidates may be that sort of thing uh, maybe we'll, we'll we'll check out what their record was on athletics because it that's what this podcast is about it isn't really about anything else that's going on there um that was that was nice and quick, which was the goal. Uh, we've still got a lot to talk about with uh, not Jake Ray, but his brother, Max Ray, who's coming to Colorado. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys a little bit more about DNVR. Um, if you are not a member, you can get some awesome perks if you become a member. Uh, things like you get a, a really big beer for the size of just like a normal beer at the DNVR bar. Uh, you get access to all the written content. There's some video stuff behind the paywall, all sorts of different things. Um, but right now, there is an awesome deal. If you get an annual membership or a membership that's longer than one year, then not only do you get access to all the same things you always do, plus a free shirt from the DMVR locker, you will also get a free Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. Um, if you're wondering what that is, let me tell you, holistic wellness is a CBD company. Uh, they get awesome reviews. You can go check them out for yourself. The stick that they send, it has 10 milligrams of CBD. You just pour it in your drink, you stir it around, you drink it. And then, like I said, you get the recover one. There's also some for beauty and digestion and all sorts of different things. Uh, sleep. The recovery stick that you get um, will uh, help your body recover from a long day of work, from working out, whatever. Um, and, and if you like it, it actually comes with a coupon. Um, if you just want to commit to holistic wellness without the coupon, without trying it out first, you can also get 30% off using the code DNVR30 at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. 
Oh, and I just found out. Actually, the Colorado Raptors lost this weekend, now 5-3. and three. So I think that's back-to-back losses. That is concerning. Um, Brackenridge Brewery. They have... So I've been telling you about these seltzers for forever, but they just launched even more seltzers. Um, they're, they're lemonade seltzers. They have like five different flavors. There's like normal lemonade. There's like strawberry lemonade, um, and three others. And I still haven't gotten to try them, but they did have them down at the bar, uh, this weekend when I was out of town, everybody said that they were great. I'm really excited to try them. I'm, I'm curious what they're going to taste like. Cause they're, they're still like a hundred calories, like low carb, all that kind of stuff. So they can't have too much sugar, but I don't know. I'm excited to try them again. I've only heard good things. Also, um, we love that Breckenridge Brewery is teaming up with the National Parks Conservation Association this year. Um, that there were a whole bunch of fires in Colorado last year, and it was awful to see that happen to so many people. So, Breck is donating 1% of all of their profits this summer to the National Parks Conservation Association. Um, that's right. All you got to do, buy a pint, buy a pack, whatever. 1% goes to the great outdoors. Um, we're also going to have some really cool stuff at the DMVR bar to promote that collaboration. Uh, you can come down, drink a Breckenridge beer or the seltzers, and then uh, you get to leave with some awesome swag from Breckenridge Brewery. Um, you can also enter to win a $30,000 Escapod trailer if you head to their website and enter to win. It's on breckbrew.com slash ingoodco, I-N-G-O-O-D-C-O. That's breckbrew.com slash ingoodco for more details on winning the $30,000 Escapod trailer. Good luck. Be sure to tag us and our friends at Breckenridge Brewery when you submit your entry to win. Big names are headlining this weekend's UFC 262 card from Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler. There will be no shortage of action. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official official sports betting partner of UFC, has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 100 to 1 odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. Will you be walking away with the cash? Just pick the main event fighter you think will win, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right, bet $1 on select fighters, and if they win, you win $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Um, Max Ray. So, Max Ray. He is a junior. Actually, I should, I should check just how much eligibility he has left. Because I assumed it was one year. But now that I'm thinking about it, 
I think that that might be wrong. Um, yeah, redshirt 2018, three games in 2019. So yeah, he has a lot of eligibility left because 2020 doesn't count. He has three years of eligibility. It's just crazy to see that all these guys, all these guys, just the math is so weird at this point. Um, out of high school, Max Ray was a very, very good prospect, just like all these guys that the Buffs have landed. And we've talked about just how impressive it is that that Colorado's pulling in this much talent from other Power 5 conferences, from teams that have very clear strengths in the areas where Colorado's pulling players from. Um, Max Ray fits that description. He was a four-star prospect out of high school. He was top 100 in the country. Um, he peaked at number 88 on the ESPN 300. Um, 24-7 Sports had him as the number nine offensive tackle in the country. Um, he was actually the sixth player in his class to give his commitment. So he was very set early that that was where he was going to go. Um, anything else? Played right and left tackle in high school. Um, and it was a it was a very very good offense. So there's what you need to know about that. At this point, I guess going into last season, he was listed as six foot seven and three hundred eight pounds on Ohio State's uh, website. It's obviously good size. Maybe you'd you'd hope from like three twenty five maybe instead of three oh eight. But that's if you're trying to get to the NFL, which a guy like him he should be. Um, didn't play all that much. He he was I think he only played special teams um, the first two years, but last year he did get in the Michigan State game and played quite a bit. Um, I have these numbers right here. Yeah, played sixty eight snaps, actually seventy six if you include special teams um, in the Michigan State game. Um, things went well for him. You can uh, point to like like the rushing numbers for the team from that game. They ran very well off the right end, uh, right tackle as well. They didn't actually run to like Max Ray's left in the like the gap to the right tackle's left once during that game, which is kind of weird. But when they ran outside him, good things happened. Uh, he did give up one pressure, or I guess that's not true. One hurry and one sack. So you add those together for two total pressures. Um, you don't love to see it. I actually was going through that game and couldn't find that sack and decided just to give up. Um, at some point, I will go back and find that. Um, but, you know, giving up a couple of pressures, some some good running numbers, solid. That's solid. And going back and watching, yeah, he, he looks the part. Um, he definitely wasn't the guy out there who was leading the charge more often than not. You know, there's a couple plays you look to where it's like, okay, you've got five guys all getting pushed downfield. Max Ray, maybe maybe not the most push out of any of them, but there is a lot to like. There is a lot to like. We can go back and watch. Got the size. You've got the background from him. And like I said, I, I think that he can come in and really compete this year. Um, that spot is not is not a strong point for Colorado right now. Last year, Frank Phillip was the right tackle. And with Will Sherman moving on to the NFL, he was the left tackle. Frank Phillip is going to be switching over to left tackle. And that leaves that right tackle job open. Actually, Max's little brother, Jake Ray, would have been... 
maybe not maybe not my the guy I'd call the favorite for that job, but he would have been a, a top three contender to win that job. And like in a vacuum, if if somebody had said like you want to swap out Jake Ray for Max Ray after the season, I don't know. I mean, maybe you do it. Yeah. Here's the other thing. There's got to be two years of eligibility because he was listed as a junior. Unless unless this is this year's profile, I'll I'll double check on the eligibility. Um. But yeah, you you definitely think that he can come in and compete again. If he had just a couple more pounds on him, you'd feel a little bit better about it. But he's got the tools you want. And if you look at what Colorado has right now at that position, there isn't too much experience. Um, You know, you've got Colby Purcell. He's going to be playing center. You've got Kari Cooch. You've got Casey Roddick. Those are going to be probably your two other inside guys. You've got, uh, like I said, Frank Phillip at left tackle. And then you can look around to probably Kanan Ray is the favorite for the right tackle job, which, I don't know, maybe that does change. I think I think the two of them should be competitive. Also, it looks like it, it is two years of eligibility. But if he redshirted 2018, played 2019, and then... 2020 doesn't count. I don't know. It confuses me because he was in the 2018 recruiting class. Strange. But yeah, we can move along. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, those are the guys with experience. And you've got Chance Lytle too. I haven't really included him to this point just because, you know, he, he broke his leg last season and he, his status is very much up in the air. Um, from there, though, I mean, actually, I should find a better roster. Um, okay, there we go. That took too long. Um, let's see. So, Valentin Sen is out. He might have competed. I mean, probably not, though, because he did transfer out. Uh, Carson Lee's an inside guy. Josh Gines, he's gotten some great reviews, but he's an inside guy. And really, I mean, so you have Roddick, you have Purcell, you have Cooch. I, I think that those are all interior players. I, I do think that you don't want to kick those guys out because that would be the path for a guy like Josh Gines to become a starter is one of those other three moving outside. Now, I guess maybe he could just beat them out clean this fall and take that job and put him on the bench. There's just so much experience with only Will Sherman moving on that you do think that you know this is those those three are were probably the starters but yeah from there you, you've got jake wiley who is a tackle um a, a young tackle he'll be he'll be a red shirt freshman again this year um and, and maybe he is ready to compete he was another guy who you know he he had the the length and the frame it was just about filling that frame out and maybe he's ready but between wiley ray and uh I guess the other Ray, Kanan Ray. That's why it's confusing. You got Kanan Ray and you've got Max Ray. One of those three is probably going to win that right tackle job. And I, I think that you feel pretty good about any of them. Yeah. Um, anybody else that would factor in? I don't, off the top of my head, I can't think of any. Um, 
Austin Johnson's an inside guy. John Deitchman is is an inside guy. Christian Jared Licht or Jared Christian Lichtenhan, he's uh he's still probably not ready. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that's what this competition comes down to, unless there is a big upset, um, which you know, that that happens sometimes. But uh, again, just just a really great get for Colorado in Max Ray. And again, you know, we talk about so so why does Carl Durrell land these grad or these transfers? but maybe doesn't do so well with the high school recruiting. And I don't have the answer to that question, but we know for sure that Max Ray was talking to his brother, Jake about CU, you know, and obviously they came to the decision that this was the best place to go. So they're, I don't know. They're positive signs. They're positive signs coming out of this program. And now to have, Max Ray come in along with all these other grad transfers. I mean, you got Robert Barnes and Jack Lamb. Um, you've got Tonza Vonger, the safety. You've got JT Shrout, who might be your starting quarterback. You've got, uh, who am I missing? Oh, the tight end, uh, whose name I can't remember right now. But but just so many of these guys coming from the portal, and they seem like talented players. Things just didn't work out for them playing it, you know, generally for most of these guys a higher level than Colorado you know Ohio State that's that's a different beast than CU football right now and just because you know I think it was a a COVID breakout that that put him into the starting lineup you know if you're if you're third on the depth chart and I guess what there's two guys who are out with COVID one was a starter one was the backup he might have been their seventh offensive lineman. I, I don't know for sure. Um, but just because you couldn't start at Ohio State doesn't mean you can't start at Colorado. And you throw in the fact that there's like a whole offseason of training. You know, I think that I, I think that this is another great move from Carl Durrell and his staff. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. If you want more thoughts on that, go back because... Uh, I've talked a lot about what I think of how Colorado's hand, handling the transfer portal. And so far for CU, it's been a big win, which is interesting because that's not what the anti-transfer portal people were saying was going to happen. You know, everybody was saying like, oh, well, that's just, it's going to be good for Bama and good for Ohio State and good for, you know, those top tier programs. Well, so far, Colorado is as big a winner as anybody because they didn't lose anybody. I mean, you lose Antonio Alfano, but... That's that's not a guy who's who's leaving because he has the opportunity to play at somewhere better at this point in his career. Um, you lose what KJ Trujillo is maybe the biggest loss. Um, I mean Darian Rakes draws a big loss. Free safeties transferring to Tulane. Um, but yeah, overall the the talent coming back to Colorado versus the talent that Colorado sent out through the portal. Colorado won and and you know I'm not going to say like Ohio State's a loser for losing Max Ray because he probably didn't factor into their plans otherwise he he might have stayed or at least immediately he probably didn't factor into, into their plans um but it's certainly helping Colorado and I guess this is a small sample size but it's certainly helping Colorado um 
Cool. I think that's it. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with another podcast and I will see you guys then.